Welcome to the Lunar Light Podcast, a show where I decode the transits of the moon and planets to align with the cosmic call to action. Many people believe astrology is outside of themselves, but I'm here to tell you that it's not. As cosmic beings, we are not separate from the cosmos. We are a part of it. I'm your host, Karina Chrysler, transformational astrologer and divine feminine advocate, and I am here to take you on a radical self-actualization and healing journey through astrology, the elements, ritual, and the sacred practices of the divine feminine. I have worked with hundreds of women on helping them identify with their purpose, normalize that their spirituality and their sexuality are not separate, heal generational and past life trauma, and call out the shame that keeps us from our greatest potential. It is time for women to reclaim their most powerful essence. Are you ready to birth the life you truly desire? Then let's do this together. Hello, everyone. I'm Karina Chrysler. This is the Lunar Light Podcast, and I'm so grateful that you're here. We have a few things to talk about today. Still in Mercury retrograde, Venus coming out of retrograde, and our new moon in Aquarius on the first. So I'm going to try to tie some themes together that I feel that are pretty strong. Um, right now. And I just wanted to let you know if you ever have any questions or anything that you want me to cover in a podcast, I'm happy to do so. You can always send them my way through my email or through Instagram and get in touch with me. And I'm, I'm probably quarterly going to be doing a Q&A to answer all your questions. So please send them through. So on 29th, Um, Venus is finished her retrograde cycle. And this retrograde cycle, as you know, was the initiation of a lot of Venus's work this year, which I happen to be a little bit excited about. (laughs) So today she's completing her 40 day retrograde cycle. And she's got a couple of things going on as she comes out of this and is ready to make her move forward in a positive direction. As she comes out of retrograde, we're very thankful that Mars is now in Capricorn too, which is definitely a boost for Venus. Venus and Mars love each other very much. Venus chose Mars as her lover and they have this sort of beautiful duality of that feminine and masculine divinity between them, which creates this harmony for both of them to, to actually thrive. So Mars coming into Capricorn, just as she's about to go into her direct momentum is a positive side in Capricorn. Now Mars and Capricorn also pushes a lot of other things, which we could talk about later, but in the sake of wrapping up this Venus retrograde and really understanding that we are now being initiated in a new eight-year cycle. And I think it's really important to just sort of stop for a moment and just think of what has come up for you during this time. I know through my clients and even my friends and even myself, it wasn't perhaps the easiest month. I don't know if anyone had an easy January, (laughs) please let me know. It didn't necessarily have to be hard, but there was definitely a lot of emotions and themes and 
insecurities and fears that came up um, in January. And, and Venus has a lot to do with that. When she goes into retrograde, she really wanted us to see the things that, you know, were really important to us and, and especially in our desires and in our relationships and, you know, what is important for us to really move forward with, um, with that sort of Capricorn, you know, completely being focused on what we're determined or what we're motivated to do. So this is a great time to really just go back and sort of think of the themes that came up. Like, even what did you dream about? Like your dreams could be quite intense right now too. You know, did relationships resurface? Did relationships around business resurface? Did ideas and passions that you've put aside for a long time, did they kind of come up and like try to spark some imagination and some motivation around it? So you know, with the energy of the cosmos, it's always so important to reflect back sometimes and just sort of see what has kind of come through. Because sometimes if we keep going forward and forward and forward and push, we miss the big sign or big energy or big momentum that was giving us through that time. So just sort of write down, how did you feel? Like, where were you emotionally at? What came up in terms of, you know, what do I want now? Like, what is, what is really important to me? And how can I create some goals, which Mars can definitely help us with now and some action and some energy to move forward. Venus can do this on her own. She's, she's quite determined in Capricorn, but Mars just kind of gives her that fire, that passion piece that really can help build this momentum, which is beautiful. Now she is squaring Chiron as she comes out of retrograde and a square is always a challenge. Chiron is our wounds. So the, you know, it's the wounded healer and she is on a trine with Uranus. So she's on a supportive side of Uranus, which Uranus and Taurus, you know, as I just spoke about my last episode is got a really strong aspect of moving forward with, you know, our resources, what makes us feel safe and secure. But Taurus is really connected to the divine feminine energy, especially Hathor. So Venus having this beautiful supportive angle with Uranus to help us move forward, understand the changes that we need to do in order to kind of step into this powerful, grounded, um, determined goddess energy is, is very much there. But when you have this aspect with Chiron, I think there's still some aspects that you possibly need to look at in terms of what you're healing and how can you make this progress forward in order to really heal some old wounds. And the wounds definitely would have come out in, in not only in Mercury retrograde, but definitely in Venus retrograde too. Um, and Chiron is in Aries and that has a lot to do with yourself, you know, your, your self-identity, your own image, like that ability to have the courage to be exactly who you are and, and have the courage to take those steps forward along your path. So there's still a little bit of wounding in this. I don't think it has to last long, but I do think that's why it's important to really reflect back right now and just sort of see what has come up with you with themes. There should be threads. And remember, we're initiating a new eight-year cycle. So in this Venus retrograde, what came up in terms of a repetition. If you went back eight years ago and you, you came forward now, 
Where are there threads that are similar? Where's the similarities? And if you can identify them and understand that, okay, now we're initiating a new cycle, then what can you take? What kind of information and wisdom and knowledge can you use now because we're eight years older and wiser and stronger and more resilient to change those patterns in a positive way so that you're always progressing forward? So it's a great time to celebrate. It's a great time to do any sort of ritual also around, you know, Venus is, you know, especially that divine feminine energy being in your body, you know, listen to music, anything that's, that makes you feel really connected to those pieces of yourself that you really adore and honor. So the other thing with Chiron and this Uranus connection with Venus too, is that Chiron moves in between Saturn and Uranus, and it will go to Uranus for messages to bring to Saturn, which I, I interpret as the body, in order to heal and to align really with our authenticity and, and really like, you know, align with our soul memory and remembering who we are and what we've come here to do. So in this time too, there is sort of this message I get that there is a connection to a soul memory or a past memory or something that's trying to come to your awareness and allow Chiron to go there, allow Chiron to go to Uranus and, and receive that message and see if, if you can get something that resonates with you in order to really use this uh, time, this cosmic time to lead this next eight years on a positive foot, you know, what is still some, there's still something there that you probably missed that you just want to see. The other positive thing with where we are on a cosmic level is Jupiter's in Pisces, which I mean, to me, it doesn't get much better than that being so much in Pisces, but Jupiter in Pisces in general is a beautiful, beautiful energy, um, especially since Neptune is in Pisces as well. And Neptune rules Pisces. And Neptune right now is on a very supportive angle with the South Node and the North Node, the Nords of the Moon, which will turn into our eclipse cycles this year. But the fact that Neptune is on a supportive angle through the South Node when we're trying to move forward and start these new cycles for ourselves, I feel like this is really positive that you can really start understanding your own personal healing journey, what you're healing in order to really make that dream that you have for yourself become a reality. And that's essentially what Jupiter and Pisces is trying to do is trying to get you to look at the big, big, big vision for yourself and find ways to bring that into this reality. And on this aspect of the South Node, there's definitely patterns I feel that people are really understanding that they need to evolve from and they're evolving from them. And then this is really actually where we co-create and we birth the things that we really want in our life. So we have a lot of positive energy on top of this aspect of healing old wounds, which is, you know, it's, it's time. It's just time to look at those things. Even for myself, it's time to look at the things that you've held on to. You know, you're ready when you're aware of what they are too which is always really important. You know, there's always this aspect of divine timing that I talk about, but you know, it's 
kind of the time we have a lot of beautiful energy coming up. So today I'm also going to talk about Mercury retrograde and get into a little bit of the mythology behind it because, you know, there's always these like (laughs) tremendous amount of posts and people like worrying and, and having this connotation to Mercury retrograde of our computers crashing and all those things. And yes, that all really, really happens, but there is such a powerful aspect of Mercury retrogrades that have, you know, the ancients used to use in in big ways. So I'm going to talk about that a little bit, especially since Mercury is in Capricorn. It started in Aquarius and now it's in Capricorn. So it's going to help Venus as well. It's been helping Venus as well in her last moments of retrograde to really, really get those messages that have been trying to come to our consciousness uh, through her retrograde cycle too. So this is positive as well. So we have Mercury retrograde. It's conjunct Pluto in Capricorn. So this is a lot. This is the time of this cycle that I feel um, a lot of people are going to really feel the intensity of, of its purpose. And, you know, especially we're on the brink of having a new moon in Aquarius as well. So we've got, I mean, there's just so many planets in Capricorn to also have Mercury in retrograde during this time. It can feel a little bit chaotic and and a lot, but let's break this down a little bit. So you can even just take, you know, pieces of it in order to really utilize this time for your personal growth. In mythology, basically Mercury is the the roman name of the god hermes was greek and toth was egyptian so if you can kind of pull some of the mythology between these three gods essentially in astrology at least the way i look at them you can kind of take their stories and their wisdom and their qualities as gods and apply this to mercury wherever it is in your chart or whatever it's trying to do in your chart. Mercury retrograde in mythology was a time when they believed their messenger of the gods, because that's what Mercury was called, the messenger of the gods. They believed that it was the time that he went to the underworld. So, and in the underworld, that's where Hades was, which is also Pluto. So a retrograde time was like, you know, it became chaotic because their messenger was gone. He, you know, their messenger of commerce, communication, he was the one that like kind of bridged heaven and earth together and helped people process the way they thought about things and, and the way they got information. Well, then he disappeared into the underworld. And as he went into the underworld, it was a way for him to get that message in terms of what needed to transpire in order for transformation to happen. Like, how can we grow? It's like, we have to look at both sides, right? The light and the dark, the heaven and the earth aspect. And what's happening right now is Mercury is in retrograde with Pluto. So this has an even deeper message of going to that underworld aspect, which is the depths of our soul, our subconscious mind, our emotions, our pain, our trauma, all of those aspects that are more hidden um, from our consciousness than normal. So this is why this might not exactly feel easy, but 
the potential for transformation and growth if we allow ourselves to just get that message, um, understand what's being shown to us that's normally hidden. This is really the opportunity where we can, you know, change our minds, change our perceptive perception on things, change the way we think about things, get information that we didn't possibly have before, and really go into this plane of transformation that can happen right now. Now, the underworld is also where Isis is. And Isis, you know, she has, she's known as the goddess of a thousand names. She does a lot. She's the goddess of the moon as well. But in her underworld aspect, this is really where we can get a lot of information in our dreams. So during a Mercury retrograde, especially when Venus is in retrograde too, this is why I said our dreams can be so profound because we can just sort of see those things or go to those places that are usually unconscious to us. They're so deeply hidden. So I highly recommend when we have this aspect of of really entering the dream world in a way to experience and explore and grow that you keep a dream journal. You can always do herbs or oils that really help enhance being in like that lucid dream state because in the the lucid aspect, we definitely can get more information. It feels like it's more real to us. So mugwort is a beautiful herb to, to drink as a tea if as long as you have no health issues, of course. And you can use any sort of oils like lavender, um, spikenard, frankincense, myrrh, um, any of those sort of aspects that really help our uh, mind to expand and allow us to also calm our nervous system down as well. So you can also call in Isis before you dream as well. You just sort of invoke her energy around you and ask her to show you the things that you're seeking during this time. So it's sort of a beautiful aspect of Mercury retrograde that that gets missed, I think, a lot because of its natural, obvious thing that always happens, which, you know, our communication and our technology and travel and things always seem a little bit different, but it's really because it's just trying to get us to slow down, chill out, rest, and like listen to what your consciousness is trying to show you. So with this Mercury retrograde, we have also this upcoming new moon as well. And Mercury is now in Capricorn. The new moon will be in Aquarius. And there's that beautiful aspect of air and earth combining. And the way I look at that, and if you've done any of my courses, especially with Cosmic Womb, to me, this is the aspect of heaven and and earth. So that saying as above, so below, Um, is really ringing true for me right now, especially because we have a lot of earth. We're going to go into a lot of air. And at the beginning of this Mercury retrograde, we were in the air cycle. So it's trying to, at first, it was trying to get us to connect to other consciousness, to sort of bring those messages from the heavens down to us, into our reality. And 
you know, this saying is, is very old, an ancient saying, and it, it actually is believed to come from the Emerald Tablet of Toth, and Toth being the Egyptian aspect of Mercury as a god. Uh, Toth was, you know, the god of the moon. He he was in charge of sacred texts. He was the god of math and science, magic, uh, learning, writing, any sort of aspect of consciousness and bringing information into the world was known as sort of Toss domain. And the Emerald Tablet was really used by a lot of alchemists that really wanted to create heaven on earth. So that air to earth sort of aspect. And um, it was believed that they created alchemy by, you know, using the principles of this emerald tablet to co-create and really alter things. So it could be substances or elements or, or uh, turning things into gold. But most of the time it was really for their co-creation practices and their birthing practices. And in fact, Cosimo Medici, I've read that one of his favorite scriptures or, or belief systems or books came from the Emerald Tablet. And he actually spent quite a bit of money in trying to find uh, pieces of this old Egyptian um, writing. And it was sort of his mission of his lifetime. So we can thank the Medici. And he, I mean, he had access to so much information. The Medici's really you know, they founded the Renaissance and the most beautiful painters and artists and poets and um, astrologers uh, to this day. But the Emerald Tablet was one of his lifelong missions to sort of uncover. And this is where that saying, as above, so below, really comes into play. When we think of this aspect and bringing it into our time, it's, it's really kind of connecting to that consciousness of our dreams, the consciousness of the things that we believe are, are meant for us, but bringing them into this earth. And in fact, the ancients were so dedicated to the saying that they would mimic the sky um, into their little villages or their towns or their structures or their monuments that they were creating in order to really draw down the sky into the earth so that they could create heaven on earth. And this just has a lot of emphasis right now, um, I think, in astrology. At least that's what I'm taking from it because um, we can look at the world right now definitely as being a very chaotic time um, with a lot of suffering and a lot of uncertainty, but we can also look at it like things are being dismantled that, you know, really don't work anymore. And there are structures that just don't suit most people. So this aspect of thinking, you know, how can we bring heaven, whatever that is to you, it's going to be different for every single person, but whatever that is to you, into your reality and being dedicated to that and devoted to that and putting your light and your energy and your work into that concept is 
going to be massively beneficial for you. And I believe the planets are trying to open up and awaken us to this concept as well, because this is literally what the ancients did. They literally mimicked the sky on the earth to, to be a mirror of the cosmos. It's such a strong time to connect to the gods, connect to that consciousness that is going to be inspiring for you to bring the things that you want to draw down. <laughs> and we can do this with the moon for sure too, especially with this new moon, which I'll talk about in a minute, but draw this down and bring this energy into your life. And this is the ultimate aspect of co-creation. You know, that's a bit of information, but I hope that you could take whatever from that and just understand that how things move forward are so much out of your control in terms of what's happening in the world, but the world that you have within you and around you personally is something that you can control. So what does heaven on earth look like for you? What would you mimic right now in terms of you know, what you see for yourself, that dream that you see for yourself, that ultimate bliss, how can you awaken that in your current life right now? What can you do in order to awaken that energy in your life right now? And perhaps <laughs> this will change a little bit of your perception of Mercury retrograde. You can do this when Mercury is also not in retrograde. It does happen four times a year though. So where we get that opportunity to just have that sort of reset of our, how we've kind of conditioned our mind to think, it gives us a time to sort of reset it in order to think a little bit differently and possibly um, in a more complementary way for whatever you're working on in your life. So let's go to this new moon, which ties into a lot of what I just discussed, because this is a new moon in Aquarius. Uh, this will be at 12 degrees. Aquarius on February 1st at um, approximately just after midnight. So at 12.43 a.m. on February 1st, Eastern Standard Time. So if you're in the West Coast or if you're in Europe, it's going to be a different time for you. Um, but it's February 1st at 12.43 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 12 degrees Aquarius. So again, we have a lot of the planets are, are merging together right now, which can be quite um, abundant and, and, and transformational and helpful in a lot of ways, but it can also feel a little chaotic. And Aquarius, uh, as much as I love the energy, uh, it can also be a lot um, as an addition to what else is happening in the sky. So before we even begin a about this new moon, it's a really important time to understand those grounding practices and bring everything we talked about, about those our dreams, connecting to consciousness, those messages, everything grounding them into our body is absolutely essential right now. So we don't get anxious or worried or overthink or all those things because we have quite a significant amount of, of air energy. Luckily, we have a lot of earth right now, which helps. And this new moon, we can really take advantage of that statement, you know, as above, so below, as within, so without. 
So connecting to the heavens can create heaven on earth and whatever is happening inside of you is going to show up in your life on the outside too. So we can utilize this Aquarian new moon in a really positive way to connect to consciousness. So Aquarians have a beautiful way to channel information and channeling to me is just being in resonance with uh, energy and energy is just a frequency that has information. So Aquarians can do this very, very well. I think it's why it's been a little bit overwhelming for a lot of Aquarians for this last year, because we've had a lot of collective um, wounds coming out and a lot of collective energy um, and a lot of collective troubles and, and pain that are coming out and Aquarians connect to this quite deeply. But the way they process information is going to be how they can handle it. Because when you think of air, Aquarian is an air sign. Air needs a container. Otherwise, it just flows in and out, flows in and out, flows in and out. And just imagine all the thoughts, all the ideas, all like the overanalyzing, worrying and things that come to you if you're not creating awareness around your thoughts. So it's such an important time to like really meditate. Journaling is possibly the best thing that you can do because it's the best way to take something intangible and make it tangible. But being grounded and being in your body is definitely the most beneficial thing that you can do. So we have a lot of earth happening right now, which is great. And that's that so below aspect to what we're talking about. I mean, I look at Aquarius as being ruled by Uranus, but the ancients um, used to believe that Saturn ruled Aquarius. And they did because Saturn had a ring. And at this time, in ancient time, they believed that Saturn was the boundary from the real world and the spirit world because it had these rings, right? And they believed that rings gave Saturn this portal energy and it was able to take us into other realms and to connect with spirits. And this is really the, the reason why Saturn ruled all forms of magic and transitions from mortal into immortality. And Saturn of course, thinking of it in that way would very strongly be connected to an Aquarian energy. But it was later discovered that Uranus had rings, Neptune has rings as well. So sometimes you'll hear that Saturn rules Aquarius and sometimes you'll hear Uranus, sometimes you'll hear both. The way I connect to uh, Aquarian energy, I would very much connect to Uranus. But in the ancient times, um, it was such a cool concept of how they believed that that Aquarian energy really worked. So basically, a portal going into other realms and other consciousness and to connect with spirit. And that's exactly what I believe when we think of the collective consciousness as well is doing. So this new moon in Aquarius, which is also conjunct Saturn, <laughs> so we have both sort of planets there working together, can 
offer us this option to just really perceive new information and really connect with, you know, our higher selves and that higher aspect of what we're drawing into our lives right now. So how can we go up to the heavens and bring it into our reality and understand what is possibly for our best and greatest good. Now, a new moon is always the opportunity to initiate a new cycle. So if you've had a tough January and you possibly don't feel hopeful or you feel uncertain or you're, you're excited, but you just don't know what are the next steps, how am I going to move forward with this? Let's take a moment and take this time of the moon aligning with Aquarius high, like they're illuminating uh, while they're a new moon is not illuminating from what we can see, but they're working in a cohesive way so that we can connect to those lunar aspects within ourselves, which is our subconscious, which is our intuition, which is our emotion and bring those messages down into our body now. So for this new moon, how can you kind of connect to that magic? Because that's exactly what it is. When we think of co-creation, it doesn't get much better than this, this energy to connect to those other aspects of energy that you are bringing, that you want to bring into your life. So Aquarians are really about thinking about the future and the, the future in a way that's not for them even necessarily, but for the greater good of humanity. They do not like suffering. They are ones that want to look at the collective all the time. So how can you utilize this energy for yourself right now? How can you integrate your own light, your own heaven on earth, and bring that into the collective right now? Because that's essentially how we're going to get out of this mess is by each of us really stepping into our light and our potential and brightening up what is happening right now. This is a deep time of transformation and awakening. So this new moon has a opportunity to sort of help you understand what intentions you're setting for yourself that just isn't for you. I mean, we're always working with, you know, what we need for sure, but how do you want to integrate your talents, your desires, the things that are really important for you? How do you integrate that into this world, into the collective to create a better future for not only yourself, but everyone? So there's a bit of a mission, I think, with this new moon and allow yourself to dream, allow yourself to connect to that magic, allow yourself to be the alchemist right now in your own life and draw, draw down the heavens into your own life and create this new cycle for yourself. We are in the age of Aquarius now. This is such a potent time for humanity to have, um, a new change, our own renaissance. You know, let's call in the Medicis. I don't know if you've ever been to Florence, but literally possibly one of my favorite places on this planet is Florence. And 
what I didn't understand that I've pretty much been doing my whole life is following the path of Mary Magdalene. And one of her strongest places um, is Florence and the Medici family. Um, it's believed um, try to honor her through uh, through art, and you can see this when you go into their museums and see the birth of Venus and the Primavera and just lots of of, of different paintings um, that you know art definitely has a lot of mystery in it and a lot of messages if we look at it in a different perspective which this moon has a lot of aspects to it as well. So Saturn, I'm just going to make one more point before you create your own alchemy in your life and set your intentions. I would love to know them. But Saturn is conjoined with this new moon. Now, in ancient times, Saturn would have been, you know, its ruler. Saturn would have you know, looked at the challenges, it ruled time, it ruled wisdom and planning, where Uranus was more about change, revolution, individuality. But you can see kind of how totally different they are. And the way I look at um, Saturn and Uranus in astrology, they're pretty different, right? Especially in evolutionary astrology. Uranus is the planet that we remember who we are. It shows us our uniqueness. It shows us our soul memory. It connects us to remembering who we are on our very soul essence and can create radical change in our lives um, in order to bring us back into alignment of that essence. Or Saturn, I think of Saturn as sort of our body where it's our structure, you know, it's, it really um, wants to protect us, you know, protect our body. Um, it needs, you know, a system, it needs rules, you know, it's got a little bit of rigidness to it because there's a format with Saturn that it wants to go through. And we need these aspects. Saturn's very wise and has a lot of power and a lot of karmic attachment to it as well but it has this aspect of creating walls to protect us. So these walls for protection can be very good at certain parts of our lives. It definitely protects us from, gives us some sort of protection, at least from childhood. But as we start growing, we have to learn, are our walls protecting us or are our walls keeping us small? And you can look at that on this new moon and understand again, you know, what you're drawing down, that alchemy that you're creating in your own life. If you're going to be the alchemist of your own life, you've got to take down those walls, right? Magic happens when we're open and we're in alignment with who we are. So I would just pay attention to what are you protecting yourself from? What walls, what where, where do you guard yourself? What are you afraid of? And in that, how have you made decisions and how have you structured your day-to-day -day life in a certain way that might need some adjustments? And that would be a little bit of the work around this new moon that you can look at in order to really 
move forward. And in a beautiful way, that's connected to a consciousness that you possibly aren't fully aware of. Maybe you sense it in certain ways. Maybe the dream that you feel isn't tangible, but how can you use Saturn in a way to bring those messages to the body, but have full awareness of the walls that you have put around it that might make that dream feel like it's impossible. So we have to take into this consideration of Saturn always wanting to (laughs) protect us and stay within the rules that we believe we have to have in our lives. But Uranus and Aquarius is kind of like, screw the rules. They don't make any sense anymore. (laughs) We're going to, we're going to, we're going to make new rules. So that could be an excellent exercise also for this new moon is what are your new rules? So with your intentions for this new moon, write your intention down. I say them three times out loud outside, even though we can't see the moon, it's there. (laughs) It's just being blocked. The light of the moon is being blocked from us right now but it creates that aspect of us going into that underworld, going into the darkness, going into that connection where Isis can show us through our dreams and go under the sky and look at the sky. It's a beautiful time to see all the stars when we have a new moon and draw that heaven down by saying your intention out loud. And I wish you all a very happy new cycle, lunar cycle. I am working on a collaboration with uh, two beautiful ladies that work with the body and uh, Kayla works with sexual trauma survivors and we are collaborating together to have a day workshop online to really honor the connection that we have to our sexuality in a very spiritual and healing and safe way. The workshop will be out in a couple of weeks. So make sure you come back and, and check out my website. As part of my collaboration, I will be talking about how to um, work with the lunar cycles in a more way that's directed to your personal element of your moon sign and how you can connect that to your body and with the divine feminine energy as well. Um, so stay tuned for more information around that. But speaking of where I want to go with the collective wound and with the collective in general is really stepping into this space around creating uh, you know, a safe place for women to connect their spirituality to their sexuality. You know, the separation has been so strong for so long. So I am very happy to start working on bigger projects around this and really assist in any way I possibly can with that reconnection. Because to me, that is really where our life force stems from and really where we can understand the depths of our soul and what we're here to do. And of course, I teach solo sacred practices. Um, So this is something that you can do for yourself. So any sort of sexual wounding or shame, sexual shame, if, if you 
are seeking any sort of support or help around that, this is what this workshop will be designed for. And uh, you'll be able to find it on my Instagram and my website. If you're on my email list, um, we'll be launching it in a few days. Anyways, thank you so much for being here. Again, I love to answer people's questions, even if it's about your personal chart. Anything you want to know, please send it my way. I'm very happy to help in any way I can in terms of shedding light on whatever you're seeking. All right, my beauties, have a wonderful day and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me. I'll be back in two weeks for the next Lunar Shift. Please feel free to share with your friends. And as always, I'm happy to hear your feedback and any questions you want me to touch on in future episodes. You can find me at KarinaChrysler.com and on Instagram to stay in touch with my offerings, including booking an astrology reading, learning any cosmic updates I'm talking about, or any moon ceremonies I'm hosting. Take care of yourselves. And please consider leading with compassion and courage during this transformational time. Stay well, beauties. I'll see you soon.